Back in 1992, uh, my wife and I were living on the Upper West Side of New York, and I remember a television show that oh, debuted on MTV, and we just loved it, and it was called The Real World. Do you remember that? I not only remember it, I, I ate it with a spoon. Wasn't it the greatest thing? They were the first reality television. The first reality television. I want television. that noted, yes. They introduced okay. us to what we now know as reality television. That, That's They correct. started that it all. That's right, um, all of it, whether the the Apprentice, the Housewives of wherever, New Jersey or Atlanta, it doesn't matter. Um, even probably, I guess, even these Bachelor, Bachelorette, I don't yeah, watch those. They're all, the, they're all, they all take the uh, format of real world and they've copied it and uh, embellished yes. upon it. Mary and, Ellis Bunham and Jonathan Murray were the producers that came up yeah, with that. And, Very yes. clever stuff. She, and it went uh, on for 33 seasons. Can you imagine? Well, not the longest that running show on television. They did, they did, they did um, what was it? Like, it was something like 10 episodes or something, and then it was done. And then they went to another city with another seven people. Yeah, the original uh, New York cast was reunited recently. Let's talk about they that. They were but, my favorite. But first, let's just say hello to Susan Sakura, who joins us from Northern California. And I'm Bob Bates in Los Angeles, and you're listening to Older and Wiser. Um, yeah. Paramount Plus. They uh, launched this uh, reunion series with the yes. original cast of The Real World from New York. Uh, I thought it was pretty fun, uh, but I'll tell you what, and because the show is older and wiser, we can really relate to the fact that we watching that show made you realize how many years have passed since uh, that show premiered in 1992. How did it feel <laughs> for you to see these cast members who you grew to know as friends and family, mm -hmm. 30 years older. Yes. Well, that's an interesting question because, or an interesting point, because as I looked at them, um, some of them looked very, very different. The guys looked very different. I almost had to really see, and I'm glad that they worked in, you know, here's the old footage of them getting out of a cab and here's them now getting out of a cab. Yeah. Um, and that was very helpful. And they gave us some um, names on things a little more often, especially in the very beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had to stop and tell myself in the beginning, at least in the first episode, these people are now in their 50s. Yes, and they that many of them have families. Um, some of them were doing well in life. Some of them were struggling a little bit more. But it was yeah, interesting it, when they all came back in to the uh, this new apartment. Actually, I believe it might have been in the same building. It was the same. It was same, the same apartment, building, perhaps. Same even. apartment. Yes. Yeah, so you watched the reunion, but I bet you saw it. Or they called it the homecoming. Actually, right, the real homecoming. world homecoming. Yeah. And the reason I just saw it now is because I signed on for the freebie on Paramount Plus for <laughs> yeah. the Tony. And I and then they said to you, what three things are your favorites here? And I'm looking through all the shows. I'm thinking, I don't, I can't find anything. Right. I mean, it was all old stuff I had seen already. And then I saw the real world, which I was dying to see. And I was trying to find. And then I got busy or whatever. And I thought, that's what I want to see. So this so is why sometimes older it. folks like us, it takes a while for us to start talking about what's out there in the in the buzz world because mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't get to it until we get a free seven-day trial to get to watch it later. <laughs> so that's why well, you know, we're talking about the, it now. But when I saw the real world homecoming, I thought, that's it. If I've watched nothing else, I'm watching this. And all the, the I think it was six episodes, they were longer than the originals. They were there. And I watched the whole thing over the last uh, couple of days. And I have to tell you, I loved it. I well, it was interesting to see the them all older and more mature. 
um, more forgiving, perhaps less volatile than they were th uh, in 1992. Obviously, they were all cast for their diverse opinions about things. Um, mm -hmm. And yet, even though they'd moved 30 years into the future, they still had some of the same uh, thoughts about the world. And um, as we know, uh, some unwillingness to budge on certain issues. It was, yes. it was a pretty interesting flash forward yeah. in time. Um, I just watched it. And I remember, I remember the 30-year-old, um, uh, the fight that um, uh, they ha Kevin had with, I think he had one with, with Becky, Julie. but the real, with Julie was yeah. the one that everybody talked about. Right. And, but then On the street, they, they walked out they and they were friends, arguing about racism. Yeah. And it's interesting because he had these differences with other people, uh, especially Becky. Julie had progressed in her in her way of thinking exactly. over the years. She um, changed. She did change. And she even owned the fact that she was wrong um, yes. before. Becky, um, she couldn't open her mind enough to see that maybe there were some things about the way she viewed the world that could have could feel somewhat racist. Becky was so defensive about not being labeled a racist that she didn't examine her behavior. She didn't see it for what it is or how it's perceived by people of color who are understanding that you think you understand, but you don't because you're not listening to what I'm trying to tell you rather than saying why you're not this, that, or the other thing, or you're not racist. Kevin goes out and does talks now on these kinds of things. And I met I, Kevin okay. once. Um, uh, yeah, I was really? interviewing um, 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 the activist, the feminist um, icon in New York. Her name is Gloria, Gloria Steinem. Steinem. Sorry, it took oh me a second gosh. to get to that. How could you forget I went, Gloria? I got to go Saint to her Gloria. apartment to interview her. And that evening there was a, a party and she was introducing this new politician in town and it was Kevin Powell. Yeah, and, yeah so he was running for some office uh, and so he was there. And nice guy. I'd like to say, I would like to see him run for office Again, I don't know what his plans are at this point. Um, I, I think that was mentioned yeah. in the Yeah. Let's, talk, like about the, let's talk about the cast and who you like and who was fun, most fun to see. Um, uh, we, we've got Norman. We've got Julie. We've got Becky. Uh, we've got Kevin. We've got Andre, Heather, Heather. and Heather. Eric. I loved Heather. Heather, uh, I, I felt, Heather was the star then. of the show. What do you think? Yeah. He I loved Heather then and I love her now because she's like, she just says it. And she doesn't get into things for, you know, she doesn't get into uh, arguments for the sake of arguing, but she says it like it is. She, she does, but there. she's got a warmth to her and a forgiveness yeah. and all of that. She is, a, she's a bit of a celeb in her own right. She's uh, yeah. uh, on Sirius XM uh, and mm -hmm. she's, uh, she's does a lot of uh, uh, radio. television she's stuff. On, yeah, radio she's stuff. a radio star yeah. now. She's really, and I, you know what, I could see her having a very long career. She, no, I think she's that her great. career will end when she wants it to end. But she feels she, a little Oprah-like to me, in a way, some in um, some ways, in terms of her yeah. warmth and her um, honesty, ability to talk to everybody, I think. She's open. She's open and people can talk to her. It was great to see Norman you know, again. Norman, yeah, Norman was, uh, yeah, Norman was the guy who had uh, fallen on hard times. Hard think, times, and the he artist, was working yeah. a bakery and stuff. And I'm um, glad they didn't try to whitewash that and tie it up with a little bow or anything and say, you know, oh, he'll be fine, and they're going to, you know, we're selling his, I mean, they worked through the process of what do you have to do, yeah. and they all knew and helped, and I thought, you know, when I first heard he was having a hard time, I thought, 
can't they help them? But I'm he, sure yeah. before I even thought it, they were already in. They but were warm, saying, here's what I can do. You warm, get on Instagram. Hold a it. nice yeah. guy, really genuine. Um, it was good to see Andre was successful in his music career. Seems mm-hmm. like a great father and a family father, guy. Father, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he uh, FaceTimed or whatever with his little girl and his wife every day, even though you didn't see it all the right. time. You saw his little girl, Sophie. Um, Everybody uh, was a, then, so anxious to see Eric. Uh, but and, Eric, as we know, um, had COVID and couldn't COVID, join the cast. Yeah. But it was great that they didn't just say, well, he couldn't be here. OK, that would be typical television. At least I I think there are people that are, let's just say we both worked for variations on the theme where they'd say, well, we can't do that. So right. They put a camera else. in his hotel room and had the him isolate in the here. hotel. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he interacted with screen. them just like we're interacting on Zoom right now. But Same you could thing. see how painful it was for them not to be together with Eric because Eric was yeah. one of their favorite. I mean, at the time when we were watching the series, I didn't remember them liking Eric as much as they did. He was very mm-hmm. self uh, focused. He was uh-huh. working on his uh, rap career or his uh, modeling career. Modeling, or modeling. And they they were kind of uh, they had some issues with Eric at the time. Now they couldn't. He was the one guy they wanted to see, and he couldn't yeah. be there because. Yeah. Well, of COVID. I think I think the interesting thing about this was that you know you say, well, how could seven people be so close? You know, after thirty years and all that. Some of them had stayed in touch. And I think Heather and Julie stay in touch. And I think they said that on the show and they're still good friends to this day. Um, And there are people in our own lives where you don't see them for a while, but you kind of pick up exactly where you left off. It doesn't happen often. But I think because of the unique circumstances of the situation that we're going to live together, you know, it's like we're going to share a space and we're going to share the kitchen. And, you know, (laughs) you might have your own bathroom, but are you finished in there? Because I want to shower next. (laughs) I mean, all of that, right? That really draw you have to drop the pretenses pretty quickly i found a few interesting uh, uh, real world facts i'm going to drop on you did you know sure. that it was uh, the producers uh, renovated a 4000 square foot duplex in soho for the original series this was the original series um, they had 500 applicants and they ended up paying these people the actual cast members only $2600 for their entire time on the show didn't so know that. They only wow. got $2,600, no residuals. Uh-huh. But their rent was paid. Their rent was paid, right. How did they do food? Who paid for groceries? I'm sure they... Oh, great question, because there was... It wasn't like there was a buffet of food every day. They did have to make their own food, so I don't know what they yeah, did. I, I remember making spaghetti quite a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they know, were only and, in the apartment for two months. So that wasn't as long as I imagined. I thought it, was, yeah. it went on much longer because we watched the series over a whole season, yeah. so it felt like they were there forever, but only yeah. there for yeah. two months. The furniture yeah. was provided by IKEA. Does that okay. surprise you? No. No, no it was, it was <laughs> it nice, like but it was furniture. affordable. I mean, you can't, you, know, you can't put these people from different backgrounds in a thing saying, we're going to see what happens when somebody, when everybody gets together and then put them in stuff from like roche No, I mean, no, no. It, it had to be that work. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Every uh, series uh, from there be, went on to have a pool table and a jacuzzi, most of them, and most of them all had an aquarium. Do you know why? I don't remember the aquarium. Was it for a shot or something to see people? Yeah, they the all plants? had an aquarium, and there were always shots of the fish swimming in the aquarium. And the reason for it was, and I never knew this, it was a metaphor for the show that we are watching fish in a fishbowl. Uh. Ooh, that's interesting because the fish can't get out if they don't like if a fish is in there with six other fish 
Yeah. You can't leave. <laughs> you can't leave. And we're watching you through you, glass. How many times can you swim in the castle and stay there? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. They took all their cell phones away. Uh, uh-huh. On every episode, every uh, season that's come since, and only the allowed first them to one, use in the original. Well, no, every they, even now they're not they're, they don't allow the kids to use their cell phones in the house. Okay, uh, okay, and um, um, they have one landline so that they can call their parents uh, or whatever, uh-huh. and a and a and a shared computer. But you're not supposed to use uh, social media or anything while you're in the house, which is kind of good. <laughs> They'd the all be on their phones. That, they, the, the crew would have nothing to shoot but kids looking at their cell phones. Their phones, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a smart call. The other thing I wanted to mention, and I always thought this was interesting, was that the real world invented the confessional, the little room where at the end of the week they were required to go to talk about the whole week. Mm-hmm. It later became uh, like a little soundproof booth where they could go in at any time right. to record their thoughts. But but all these reality shows now use that confessional technique. All those techniques were created on that show and they have been, some of them have been changed or, you know, updated or what have you, but they were all, that was the original. That yeah. was the original. Fun to watch. The Real World, uh, The Loved Real it. World Homecoming now available on Paramount Plus. So much fun. Okay. I loved it. It was worth, it was worth Signing on with all the trouble I had. Signing. I got on, literally, I got on like, I think three minutes before the Tonys started. It was completely worth the free trial, right? Yeah. Yeah, there it you was. Go. It you, was. Okay. It was worth every penny thing. you paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I almost, if somebody said this will cost you $5 for the month, I think it's four ninety nine. dollars 99 I forget paid what it, it is now. Yeah, I would have paid to watch that. Okay, Uh, let's move on to our next, next topic today. I found this in Forbes. I thought it was pretty interesting and something worthy of thought and discussion. Um, And that is, uh, this uh, writer uh, uh, makes the assertion that maybe companies today should remove college degree requirements from job listings. Um, Here's why. According to uh, the U.S. Census, 36% of Americans ages 25 and older uh, had a bachelor's degree or higher. That's not very many. Um, mm-hmm. 65% of job listings require you to have a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, my feeling about a college degree is, eh, I have one. Um, it probably helped me to get that first job. But do I need a college degree to do what we did, you and I did for our entire career? I say no. What do you think? Um, I think that's probably true for a lot of careers. When I started out, I was a teacher, and you had to have a degree. You had to have a degree, and you had to have a teacher's license. A teacher's degree, um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Right. And but when I look back on the times and um, the things that I spent, the time I spent in college discussing what I would do in a classroom specifically was not the majority of the time I was in school. But in the time you and I went to college, it was a little more affordable if your parents could help. Great. If you went to a state school and had a scholarship like I did, great. You could do it. All right. You still had some kind of a loan. And now it's really cost prohibitive. Okay. Yes. Now it's cost prohibitive. So you better, you better join. Well, you're not just, I think I want to go to so school. So college and, you know, becomes the, the stuff of elite, around. the elite, right? Here's an interesting statistic. 61% of human resources and business leaders say they throw out resumes without college degrees, even, no, even even if the candidate is qualified. Yeah, well. I think that's just incredibly stupid. In This is an era in which we are using uh, 
tax dollars, and I'm not saying I disagree with this, tax dollars to give free um, community college education to people. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Which I think I'm is sorry, great. I, I think it's great. But the problem with what, what's happened today is you can't have hope for a decent life without a college education these days. I think we've got we've gotten crazy. You should be able to have a good life with hard work and um, creativity and smarts without this so-called ticket to pass, this very expensive, partially useless ticket, which is a college degree. I'm just saying I haven't made much of my college degree. That's all. I think I've used mine um, in terms of what I was able to do outside the classroom in many cases. I can think back to, you know. As a think, teacher, you on really stage? did. Yeah. On, on, on stage, I, I was in a production every year of college, every year, a major production and then something else. So I did at least two productions a year for the four years I was there, in some cases, maybe a little more. And I have to say, I mean, I'm not Meryl Streep, but honest <laughs> to God, I think, I think, I think you the are. experience, I, yes, I am. I'm really Meryl. She's off in Connecticut doing my job. But you do good is, accents. You know what, though? Here's the point, is that. <laughs> That was that was experience. It wasn't yeah. studying. At, I could have read all it the was. books Stanislavski and Stella Adler re wrote, but if I didn't get on stage, and there were people, by the way. So your college degree gave small, you the experience, small, but you could have gotten that experience in local theater, right? Not necessarily. Your final thought about college education, is it necessary? I think it doesn't guarantee anything. Okay. Let's move on to our next topic. Here's the headline. A sleep study just revealed the most common type of nightmare. Do you get nightmares? Mm, not a lot. I don't much either anymore. I, I used to. I feel like uh, maybe as we get older, do we get fewer nightmares? I don't know. But uh, this, uh, it, you know, yeah. it could be because maybe we're not as afraid of things because our imaginations are always a little bit. Uh, some people have more wild imaginations than others. But as you live life and get older, you realize that probably you're not going to step off a train and get hit by a plane. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. That could be it. You know, this survey was conducted by Amerisleep. 2000 people uh, were surveyed and there are some very specific things that people dream about. Um, okay. The the most common one was uh, at sixty five percent was falling. Do you ever have that one where you just fall and you don't hit bottom? No, now I worry about it in my real life. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. When you get older, you don't want to fall. Um, no, I I don't really. No, I don't have that. I don't have that dream. The next one being chased. Chased. I had have had that, but not lately. Yeah, I used to have those being chased. I haven't had that in a while. I've 55% uh, dream about death. Now, I thought this wasn't even possible to dream about death, but to actually die in your dream? No. Wouldn't, wouldn't you die in real real life if you died in a dream? I, I, I don't know. That. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know more about dreams than I do. Go I don't ahead. know. 54% uh, dreamed about getting lost. I've had that one. Lost. Yeah, yeah, I've had that one. Um, yeah, um, and 52%... Uh, dreamed about uh, feeling trapped somewhere. Trapped. Um, I don't like to be trapped. I get claustrophobia. Yeah, no, I don't think I've had it. You know what's interesting? I interviewed a woman once who wrote a book about interpreting dreams, and here's what it is in a nutshell. If you are dreaming about something 
Okay. And you wake up or you go, oh, I was chasing. Thank God this is, was just a dream. Okay. Um, and you're, you're running from something, let's yeah. say, in the dream. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're supposed to ask yourself, what did you feel? Well, I felt like I was being chased and I couldn't get away from something that I couldn't control maybe. What do you feel about your real life? In your real life, what do you feel that way about? And that's mm, what the dream is about. I gotcha. And there, there, there could be some connection there. Yeah, because for example, let me let me let me scroll down here. According to this, uh, falling is a very a very common uh, yeah. thing because apparently that you you having a feeling that your life is out of control, that you feel insecure about something, or you're completely overwhelmed. That's what apparently falling means, according okay, to. Okay, who doesn't? Oh, I'm sure some people don't feel completely overwhelmed, but I, I'm guess I'm guessing that falling. If I felt like I'm falling all the time, I'm. It's a. It, it perhaps means that I'm out of control. I guess I don't know. Well, you are out of control, Bob. I've been meaning to most of the time. <laughs> some of the more popular. No, some of the other ones: drowning, twenty-two percent; crawl, bugs crawling on you, fifteen percent. And here's one I like. 5% say they're dreaming about going bald. Well, actually, I have to tell you, I had cancer and I did that. And I'm still alive, thank knock on wood. And I, my hair is not back to what I want it to be. It might never be, but I've made peace with this. And, and the upside is when I swim, this is easy. In the course of, uh, of all of that, did you dream about going bald? No. Okay. That was interesting. Then, then that That's a good point then, that that didn't... That part of the cancer journey did not stress you out as much as it might. Have I got people. I got a couple of wigs. I worked through chemo. Actually, yeah. I was on the air through chemo. Yeah. Um, and um, and that was the challenge. So I couldn't just slough it off and uh, say, well, I'll just stay home and hide. Um, I kept I swam in the summer. I kept uh, I did yoga classes when I didn't feel when I was tired. So the, um, the, know, the, the, the losing your hair part of it didn't make you have bad dreams, was the bottom line. No, it didn't make me have bad dreams. That's good. It made me cranky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the wig. Well, the you're still cranky. You kind of I, got no, yeah, that. but I was more, actually, I was more cranky when my lashes were getting, you know, and I had to figure out a way to, to oh, do that. To and do there that. was a way. I found out exactly what to do. Fake so. eyelashes. You just stick them uh, on. No, I didn't do fake eyelashes. I didn't want chemicals going on my eyes at a time when I was going through chemo. But if you line your eyes properly, and the women will know what I'm talking about, you don't care now okay. at this point. You can take a minute. But when you line your eyes, especially if you align the inner rim carefully, okay, uh, that will give the effect of having lashes because it defines your eyes, which is what lashes do. Boy, that's some good information. Thank you for yes, revealing that. Thank You're welcome. You'll get my bill. <laughs> I'm going to... Go write that down. All right. So next up, uh, here's an item from womanandhome.com. The headline, How People Want to Be Remembered After Death, is revealed oh. in this fascinating survey. I don't know how fascinating the survey really is, but I thought the idea of being remembered after you die, first of all, how important is that to you? I'm trying to get my hair down. Wait a minute. Okay. How important is it being remembered? Um, yeah. Do you, do you right even, now? Yeah. Right now, it's important because I'm alive. Once you're dead, it won't matter. Yeah. So let's talk about now, since you're still alive, the idea that you would like people to remember you in a certain way. Um, 
important. I saw your list. My list is not my thing on my list is not on there. Uh, I do like kind. Kind was there. I, well, I let's like look at that. Let's talk kind. about the list. If we're going to talk about the list. Well, wait, let me tell you what mine is. You asked. Well, I'll okay. Tell you. I'd like to be remembered as having been a good friend. A good friend. Okay. That's, that's really kind of a great thing to have on the list. I thought this list that, the, that, the, that we got from this survey was kind of meh. It, they're all about the same. I'll just list yeah. them from one to 10. Here we go. Good person is number one. Everybody wants to be remembered as a good person. Kind, caring, loyal, helpful, good listener, loving, happy, good husband, wife, uh, being own person, true to oneself. Huh. Okay. I don't know. Honest. I mean, all yeah, those honesty, are... Honesty, I guess. Yeah. The, uh, the only ones that I thought seemed revealing was number 20, good at my job. Some people want to be remembered for being good at their job. You know what? Where you're going, there's no promotions. There's no corner office. That's right. Nobody cares <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. were good at your job, right? That's the thing they always tell you on your deathbed. You're not going to regret have, not having worked more. I mean... I think that's you know, probably something where that... where. The person who would say, the thing I want to be remembered for is being good at my job is someone who really hasn't taken the time to analyze what matters, right? Yeah, and also, I'll tell you the other one, too. I also would, I would like to be remembered as somebody, and I'm not a comedian, but I would like to be remembered as somebody who made people smile and laugh. Yeah, Especially laugh. I think laughter is really the best medicine. That's number 17. People That's want to it. be remembered to be for okay. being witty. Yeah. Didn't yeah. see that one. All right. You know, I was just realizing that even though I pulled this article and I looked at this list, I can't come up with my own. I'm not sure what it is that I would like to be remembered for. Probably. Well, see, I think I would think you would want to be remembered as being a good husband and a great dad. Yeah, probably. And I think dad. your girls would concur. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know your daughters as well as you do, certainly, or as well as other people do necessarily. But I have a sense of who they are and what they're doing. And um, also that I think you and your wife are terrific parents from what I can say. So, you know, I'm at a distance observing, but I'm still saying I think that's and I think that makes a difference because they're going to go on into the world and use the things that you've taught them, um, the things that they feel were worthy and usable and they didn't want to discard or change. And that will add to the lives of other people. You know, it probably also is interesting to think about who you want to remember you, because in some ways, it doesn't matter to me as much what my like my neighbor might think of me or how they want to remember me. Like, oh, he always kept his yard nice, or he's always <laughs> got a smile on his face. I didn't. He has great tomatoes. Great tomato. <laughs> like that. The person that is remembering you is maybe more important even than how they're how you're being remembered. Like, you're you right, my kids, I want them to remember me in a, in yes. a very good way. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's, that's already a given. I think in terms of who, you know, I'm going to tell you something else. You could have great friends and they don't even have to be your age or older. They could be younger than you. And a lot of times what happens is they're gone before you. You're at their funeral. 
All right, that should do it for us today. We are glad you joined us for Older and Wiser. Yes. Uh, for all the stuff that matters when you're 50 plus, visit us at olderandwiser.com. And all the stories that we uh -oh. uh, talked about today, getting a phone call. She's got to go. Uh, bye, Susan. Go. We'll see you bye. next time. Uh, for all the stories, uh, for all the stories that we talked about today, you'll find them on olderandwiser.com. Just click on the news tab, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> you here to see my water heater? Yeah, it was super quick.